What is love? Oh, baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Hadaway. Bending Not Breaking. The Dragon Prince Edition. Reflections. Dear Callum. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. This is Ben Pruitt, your host, and I am thrilled because guess what? Devin Heal is back with us for this mini, but that's not all. We're throwing a wrench in everything. That's right. We have a new guest for this specific mini episode. Joining us is Michal Shit, she, her pronouns, and a phenomenal writer on the Dragon Prince team who often complains about writing on Twitter and collects way, way, way too many enamel pens. Michal, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. This is exciting because we have been diving deeply into, I guess not so deeply, but more deeply uh, than previously ever, ever anywhere uh, into these reflections. And I hear that you have a pretty large part in the one we're talking about today. And so I would love to just kind of hear more about you before we dive in. So can you just tell us a little bit about you? What are are the things that make you tick? Um, Ooh, suddenly I feel like I'm on a date. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm a a writer. Um, I, I've been uh, staffed on the dragon prince for like a year and a half now. Um, best job ever. And, um, I read a lot on the weekends. I always listen to podcasts constantly. Um, and hmm, I don't have a cat, but I, I want one. I love it. I love it. So what other writing do you do? Is the dragon prince your kind of soul gig right now, or do you have other things that you're doing as well? Um, the Dragon Prince is my sole official gig, but I have some projects that I work on. I have a, a novel that's been languishing for a while. Um, and um, every so often I, I write fan fiction and um, I try, I, I want to write and publish a short story, but it, that saying that is a lot easier than um, it, it actually is. So uh, yeah, I have a lot of writing goals, I guess I'll say. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Well, that's awesome. I'm really excited to kind of hear about how you kind of got uh, selected and pinned for for this reflection. I know that uh, Devin had mentioned on a previous episode that she got sick. And it turns out that she turned to you for this. And so I'd love to hear about how that happened. I didn't get sick. I went on vacation. But I mean, you could call that like a form of getting sick of work and leaving. I mean, Uh, yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair, fair. So I I got sick of work and said, McCall, you do this one. (laughs) No, I was, I I don't know, McCall, you you take it. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much what happened. Like I, I, I've been obviously, you know, reading Chris's drafts and like giving notes and and all that. And it was like super fun. Um, And then um, Devin was like, hey, do you want to, do you want to write the letter? And I was like, I think I wrote prose, question mark, question mark, question mark. 
<laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, of course, said yes. And uh, that's kind of where we got started. I think wow. one thing that's like interesting is the team at Wonderstorm is very, very, you know, screenwriting focused. Um, and I, I think writing prose and writing scripts are actually incredibly different disciplines. And like even I, when I, I have been writing scripts at work for a really long time, and then I try to go write prose, I'm just like, how do you do this again? This is really hard. You have to describe everything instead of being like, and then the storyboard artist like sort of carry this part because it's action. And you just like fling it off for somebody else to fix. Like it's all you. Um, but Mikhail has been, uh, I think just like an incredible prose writer from moment one. And it shows in her scripts too, because again, like all of the action is just like beautifully written. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to say that we're, we get to be lazy, but but on the screenwriting side, like I said, sometimes you get to just shorthand a little and then it becomes, because it's it's translating to a visual medium, you get to uh, hand it off to some artists who are much, much better at visualizing things than you are. Um, and, and, but again, your, your prose is incredible. So I was very happy that, that you got to take this one. Interesting. So this is, I was, my, my question that I think you already answered was just going to be what, what are the main differences between script writing and prose writing? And I, I think what I'm hearing is that uh, a lot of the details that uh, would normally manifest through a visual uh, lens, so whether it be like the emotional reaction or things along, or even action, right, is going to be artistry that's showing up on screen versus what is written down that won't necessarily translate from uh, a, a written cue, right? Is that, am I reading that, am I hearing that correctly? Or are there other main main big differences? I kind of want to hear what, what you think, Michal, because I, I, I ramble about this forever, but I think like for my, my shorthand version of it is for, for prose, you are sort of like entirely in control of creating the picture and, and action and everything, everything about it for the reader, whereas a script is inherently collaborative and you are like almost creating a blueprint for to be handed off to someone to create the actual medium by which the story is told, whereas prose is, is the medium, you know? Um, so for scripts, you can say like, you would write a line like, we see Callum looks a little anxious about this. And then like in prose, you have to not write that sentence because it, is probably pretty clunky and doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What's been your experience? Yeah, I, I on that last thing, I, I sometimes feel like screenwriting is like what happens and prose writing is how it feels. And like, you know, there's there's feelings, a lot of feelings in script writing also, but it's conveyed in an entirely different way. And, and like Devin said, it is, you're relying on the visuals to carry that off for you. Um, and that's such a like delicate line to walk when you are writing prose. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually, I really love doing both because I, I find that it can be like, it makes it sometimes if I've been writing a script for a while, it makes turning back to prose like way easier. Cause I'm just like, all oh, right, this, and then like, I'll just like get inevitably super jammed on that. And then I'll have to do like a scripting for work. I'm just like, cool. I don't have to worry about any of this. This is just all happening. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a, it's a fun brain switch to do. Yeah. I imagine I hear other people saying it's a terrible brain switch and I would never want to do it. So oh, yeah, I think it's really hard. I'm struggling with it right now. Cause we just, we did a really like intense couple of weeks of writing at work. And now I'm like, I'm going to get back to my personal writing. And I look at it and I don't know what is going on and I don't know how to write anymore. I've completely forgotten. So it's rough. Wow. 
Oh, this is so cool. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to bring us back to some questions about the reflections because <laughs> I, I could go down this, this rabbit hole, but I want to bring us back. So we know that you've been on the Dragon Prince for a little over a year and a half, it sounds like. And I would love to hear kind of going into your impressions of this project, right? We've talked about uh, Chris and Devin's perspective on this, but kind of been someone who's been giving like uh, feedback to Devin and to Chris on, on these writings. I'm curious, like what has been your overall impression of this project? Um, I mean, I think it's so awesome. Like I, I, I think the Luna Bloom story was written before I was hired, but like, I remember like Devin talking about it and like, this is, this is a goal that we, you know, we could do more of these. And like, obviously that was super exciting to me. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of watching it. It, it felt from my perspective, like it was sort of in tandem with the, the little comics that we're putting out. Um, I don't know if that's accurate. That was just kind of how it was perceived by me, but like in terms of like extra material, um, but like, I love thinking of both of those things together because they're, they're so different, but they kind of both add that, like, like, here's why we love the dragon prince. Here's why we love these characters yeah. and like the, the, the little treats that, that can kind of carry you through in, in very different ways. Cause obviously the comics aren't like canon, but, um, they're still, you no, know, they're canon. Viren surfed down the mountain on a mirror. I, don't know <laughs> to tell you. I mean, in my head, so. <laughs> I mean, semi-canon, right? Like, you know, it's like a, maybe a little canon versus a big canon, right? Um, yeah, this is, I I love this description of them being like little treats. It's like, mm, that was tasty. Where's my, ne where's the next one? Because <laughs> that's how it, it always leaves you wanting more almost. I'm never quite satisfied. I'm like, okay, this was a good like taste starter. So now I'm like hungry for more. Um, it has wet my appetite, so to speak. And so that's a, a, a neat little way to, to, to flavor that with just a little treat. So I'm curious, you, you were both on Twitter here and we've, we've talked about these reflections um, for a hot minute. And I'm curious how, and maybe not Twitter is the best way, but just in your overall impressions, whether it be through social media or your other impressions elsewhere, but how, how do you think fans have been reacting to these reflections? Is, is there been uh an overall like assessment for what your impression of fans impressions are for either of you it's interesting because i think they've reached their quote target audience which again when we when you write anything that's prose and requires sort of like a little bit of personal investment to to get people to click on it and then read it and take the time out of their day to do that it's actually it's cynical but it is there is what people will call like friction or a barrier there. Um, and so yeah. when we made these, yeah. we're like, these are for really, really hardcore fans who want to sort of like get as deep a dive as possible into every character and every aspect of the world and really sort of like get them talking about the characters again in a way that's that's organic and, and canon and fresh. Um, and so I have seen a lot of, you know, those fans, the ones who are just like hungry for every morsel we can possibly provide them, yeah. um, really, really, really jump on them and have really, really interesting conversations about them. Uh, and that's been really rewarding because again, like like those are the people who these were for. Um, and I've seen the the other really nice thing is that I've seen people like tagging, I think sort of like other fans who came in like maybe three reflections in and were like, I didn't know these were happening. And then like fans will reply yeah. and link them to the other ones. And I'm like, neat, that's sort of really inspiring and makes me think that they like them enough that they're hopefully sharing them with other people who are coming back to the fandom or coming back to the show because season four is coming out. So I don't know if that's been more, I, I think people like them and that, I hope. They like 
Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think what's also cool is that because they're there now, like you you don't have to read all of them. Like if you're particularly a Janai and Amaya fan, you can read Cracklejake and be like, cool, this is awesome and I have this and I'm satisfied, you know. But like they're they all do, you know, with the brilliant like mirror shatter pieces form a, a picture together, but they're not all like essential to each other. And yeah, yeah I, I think I don't know. I don't know if like people are conscious of, of that as like a benefit, but for me, it's like, you know, a, being able to watch people enjoy the characters that they enjoy without having to necessarily like, you know, okay, I'm going to sit down and read a novel, you know, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, the one we're talking about today with, with Dear Callum is uh, especially prominent in the uh, Raylam shippers uh, category, right? If like, talk about the hardcore fans that are really invested in this. Um, I mean, there's some serious investment uh, for quite a few people. Uh, so you, you talk about target audience, uh, nailed it, so to speak. Um, but before we dive in, just one more overall question, like just for over, just impressions, right? So, so you only had your hand in this one. So I'm curious, if you have a favorite that you've enjoyed reading so far besides this one that has like really piqued your interest personally? Um, one of the cool things is that, like Devin and I have very similar tastes in some things. And like, so like patience is like 100% up my alley, just like uh-huh. scary guy musing on his life and his plans and like ending with like a punch that loops everything around. I was like, this is amazing um yeah I mean I, I also mentioned crackle I think that was crackle trick was the one I left the most like exclamation point exclamation point notes because <laughs> like, ah, it's so sweet and it's just like a tiny bit sexy just a tiny 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 bit and like right it's yeah I I, I love that too I mean they're, they're all so awesome and they all like offer different things and um I like that they are they are different tones like you know they're not all like happy cool like you know, day in life, some of them are, and then some of them are more serious, and, like, some of them are, like, literally about death, like, you know, the one with, with Kessa, um, yeah, but uh, I think those two definitely stand out to me. I love it. Okay, well, I want to dive into this one. Today, we're talking about Dear Callum, and the overall lens that I kind of funneled this into was love, and there's a lot of lenses we've probably could have gone with like, you know, grief, loss, goodbye. But uh, also, you know, let's try and stay a little bit on the loving side. So, you know, we heard about, you know, what really is love, right? And our quote really popped us off starting on there. But I'm curious about, from your perspective, both of you, love has so many definitions all over the place. It's really hard to define. And I'm curious if you all have a definition for love that you kind of go by, or this is the one that pops up for you when you think about it. We see blank stares and worried, worried faces. I I think like, like, it's so funny when you ask writers questions like this, because writers panic when you have, they're put on the spot to describe something beautifully, something sort of like, transcendent and, and all-consuming yeah. uh, and then it's just like how do you define that and I'm like I don't know man I will write like 170,000 words that try to explore what that means and yeah I won't be able to tell you still um so I, I I think it's just always very funny to watch 
I was watching uh, Mikhail squirm just like me squirming. Just, oh no! Oh, oh no! Yeah, you, you make me actual. A, a lot of squirming. Answer happening. an actual human <laughs> question instead of write like a story about it. How dare you? Um, I will say I, I think like a simple answer that I've thought about, um, which I will say is not perfect because I think love is something you can't really define and will change for you depending on like who you're talking about, like your family, your significant other, your friends. Like it's it's yep. different in all those spaces, but um, I jotted down, love is putting a part of yourself into others and trusting them with it and getting a part of them in return and treating it as much with as much care as possible. And that's very difficult and to do both things. And that's, I think as succinct as I can put it and as universally as I can put it, but it's still, it's still wrong. I'm still like looking at it and being like, that's not quite it, but it's a, it's a try. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe I would ask you to do something that people have been trying to define and do for centuries. Yeah, can so you just solve this? this? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's what kind of what I was hoping for. Is I was hoping for like the answer, but so far you're 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 not helping me here. <laughs> what, what about you? Maybe Michal, can you uh, maybe elucidate here and help help us out? <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's a beautiful definition. the 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 thing that popped into my head, honestly, because I was like deliberately skipping over this question as we were like as I was going through the outline, um, is that like love is like reliance. And, you know, not mm. in every case, but I think there's a, there's an aspect of like showing up and being constant, you know, and that's not going to, that's not going to mean the same thing in every situation, but like um, being, being a reliable source of something for other people is, is I think one yeah. of the ways I think about love. Mm. Yeah. This is just giving me. You, you mentioned that it felt like a date earlier on. Like I'm like, yeah, this is starting to feel like a really serious date. Now we're talking about love here, right? Like <laughs> we've, we've uh, all the icebreaker questions, and you know, this is the kind of like thing that we want to talk about on the first date for sure. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on here, and I, I don't claim to have an answer for this either, right? I have kind of gone by fans of the podcast who've been listening for a while will know that I quote Brene Brown a lot, and for those of you who don't know Brene Brown, um, pretty widely recognized social worker at this point um, talks about has like a three paragraph de definition of love that I'm like, I like a lot of those things. And then there are some things where I'm like, I, maybe this could be tweaked a little bit, but then there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of texts on the differences of love and, you know, all going back to like Greek philosophy of like agape and philia and eros, and there's different ways to think about it. And then there's a positive psychologist named Barbara Fredrickson, who's actually at UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina. And she defines love as the conglomeration of every positive emotion felt uh, at a frequency that is high enough to where it classifies itself as its own thing. And so I'm very much paraphrasing her work, but essentially love is every positive feeling that starts to feel like love because of how often you're feeling so many of these conflating positive emotions. And it's fascinating when you think about it like that, because that like helps me put love into perspective, knowing that it's like this like gemstone of all of the facets of every positive emotion combined almost. And it's really interesting to think about it that way. So anyway, that's, that's my perspective that I, wonder if that will help us kind of grapple with what I'm about to ask you, because this is where it gets rough, right? Because this is this is what happens in this text, right? And so Rayla is saying goodbye. 
and it's tragic and it's really sad it's like if you're not tearing up by by the end of this then who are you but i'm curious to ask you this like can you describe what it feels like to say goodbye to someone you love and i you know i and if so like have, like have you had to do this ever is this something that you just were able to to write and I, there's just so many questions there what what, what does it feel like I'm, I, I'm gonna stop there that's a big question i don't, I don't know you go there's more squirming i don't you i wish first. you all could see the visual here <laughs> Oh, my therapy appointment later today is going to be thoroughly redundant. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, yes, I have. I, I think that it depends a lot on the circumstances. Like sometimes saying goodbye to someone you love is a good thing. Um, mm. And I think... I, I guess it's like sort of what Devin said in terms of like taking part of them that is that is yours and like keeping it with you and I just realized that that's sort of in the story a little bit but like yeah it's it's you you can't I guess view a goodbye as like a like love is not a a physical tactile thing right so you don't have to Mm. view the goodbye on a physical tactile three-dimensional level you know you can view it like whether you want to see it as like spiritual or emotional or whatever like they're that yeah. that connection kind of um endures or in in some cases maybe you're gonna you're gonna end that connection um but that the point is that the that part of you and that person and that part of that person and you kind of remain despite you know I, I think that's kind of like the better to have loved and lost it's like not necessarily the experience mm. of that pain, but like you've you've gained from having that that love. Ooh, there's a lot there. Thank you. Like, I, that's I, I don't think any of us are going to be able to answer this like and nail it on the <laughs> like without having a lot more thought. So I just appreciate the the thought there. There's a lot going on. Devin, any any insight from you? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of want to judo throw it because I, I when I looked at this question and after I got done scowling um I was like well what if I talk about instead about people I haven't said goodbye to either on purpose like we just drifted apart or had a falling out or because they died or left before I could um Boy, and I you know wondered to myself like what it, like Michael you said like sometimes it's good to not say good I, I you said something that that you know, saying goodbye can be good or bad. Um, and I wonder, like, in some of these instances in my own life, would it have been better or braver for me to to leave it with a letter like this? Um, or if I had the opportunity, would I? Um, to, you sort of, like, lay it all out there. I think it takes a lot of courage. And I think, like, there's a, there's versions of it where it, it can bring closure, you know, like laying your soul into something like this, um, it might create more bad feelings in the other person. It might feel selfish because um, in, you know, realist case, it, it almost didn't give Callum a chance to respond. It really didn't actually. It's, it's complicated. Yep. Um, but like for you, is there selfishness in that act of like, well, this gives me closure, you know, like I, I put all my feelings on the line and I, but mm. I get to walk away now, you know, like, so I don't know. I, I have a lot of like 
chaos feelings about this that I haven't really been able to, to put into a jar. Uh, well, maybe they're in a jar, but I'm like shaking it around like a bug and it's just getting angry. So yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, there, there are people I wish I could have said goodbye to and there are people who I think it was actually better to not have this final confrontation with almost. So mm. rough. Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting way to kind of flip that or, or judo throw it, so to speak. It, the The idea that who is this letter for and the like is this letter more for Rayla or is it more for Callum right is what's the intent behind the letter here is it who is it for that's an interesting question to kind of toss up and I'm sure that it could be you know argued from both directions uh and I'm you know imagine people will but so it goes um okay I think that's right. a worthy Maybe argument by the way I think that's a cool interesting way to approach the piece so yeah right listeners i would love to hear your feedback on this is this piece written for callum or for rayla i'd love to hear your thoughts uh tag us at bnb underscore pod and love to hear your thoughts please let us know um the second question i have for us we we, we dove deeply into you know the depths of love and now we're going to climb our way out of this by thinking about this also happening as this is on Callum's birthday. This is like, talk about like insult to injury here in a way, <laughs> like, but uh, you know, we're expecting a fun birthday present here. And all of a sudden you get this letter saying goodbye <laughs> uh, it, to reduce it down to what was the heart of it. But I'm curious, uh, what's the worst birthday present you've ever gotten? Because it seems like if this was what I got on my birthday, it would be pretty bad. So I'm curious, what are what are some bad examples of birthday presents you all have gotten in the past? Um, I, for one, I was thinking about this and I realized that I had forgotten most of the bad birthday presents because they weren't so bad that I was like appalled, but they were bad enough to where I was like, why did I get this? And then I've since left it out of my brain because I know I didn't care at all about what was given to me. And so it actually was kind of hard because I didn't get anything that made me feel like, who are you to give me this? But you can't win them all. Um, so I'm curious, what about you all? What's, what's a, a terrible birthday gift you've gotten? Um, recurring texts from my ex. He, for several years, he found a way to text oh. me every year on my birthday, and it was infuriating, and I couldn't make it stop. And he finally stopped, but like, oh my goodness, awful every time. Does that count? That's so the questions. worst thing I could think of. <laughs> I got so many questions. I, we'll it's not. It's really mundane. It was just be <laughs> happy birthday. I haven't spoken to you in four years. I'm like, then why are you doing this anyway? bad don't do that to people don't mm. all right you heard it here folks don't do that to people all right <laughs> what what about for you um yeah it's hard to think of like a physical like gift so i'm i'm just going to go like cosmic and karmic uh, and jewish for a second so like um the saddest day on the jewish calendar is the day that the first and second temples were destroyed and it is um a fast day um and you watch sad things and just generally be you are you are sad um and uh that has fallen out on my birthday a fair few times and um yeah it was last year and like <laughs> i was like what'd you do for your birthday well i stayed in bed and my mom and my sister watched schindler's list 
So, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. Karmically, that's, uh, that's kind birthday? of an annoying morning. Text. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Grief in mourning was my birthday gift. Oof. Wow, that's heavy. Man, uh, those are probably both better answers than mine would have been. And by better, I mean worse. But uh, they were. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is tough. There's like so many things that could go wrong. There's so many things that are happening. But okay, uh, I've asked a few random questions. I'm curious, um, what's missing from this conversation about this particular reflection that we want to make sure that we we touch on? Is there anything that fans should know that you know I should know because I'm super cool, but uh what, what's what's happening in this piece that is there anything underneath the surface that's worth talking about I guess I guess my my favorite part about it is how like it really is kind of Rayla's like Rayla's issue in a nutshell in terms of her like doing the worst thing to do the best thing like she mm. wants both of the outcomes from this letter equally and for the same reason, right? She wants to stay because she's in love with Callum. She wants to leave because she's in love with Callum. And like, I think that's just kind of like Rayla's version of love is at this point in her life, always going to hurt someone. And I, mm. I and, and including herself badly. <laughs> and I think that that's like, I, I just love, having a messy person like that who can who can you know be buried in this and doing kind of like what really you know the reader or a therapist would be like I don't know if you need to do that but she's just like very very (laughs) convinced like that that's the only way forward and and kind of accepts in a in a non-specific way the carnage she's going to leave behind but obviously doesn't actually deal with it yeah oh there's something really tragic about like the thought that's coming to my mind is how often the people we're closest to are the ones we're willing to like do the most damage to in order to do what is right, if that makes sense. Because there's this belief, I guess, or innate understanding that they will understand or that they will there's like, they're more likely to forgive me. And so I'm more, I have a greater capacity to do harm in a way that you probably wouldn't do with people you're not as close to, right? And so it's really, that's really tough. (laughs) That's really hard. I I am, mm, sorry, I'm starting to like tear up thinking about that. Uh, Okay, Uh, Devin. Hey me. What did it, it like? Is it, did you have any thoughts on that question? <laughs> no, that was really, really well put. I mean, I think Rilla is she's one of my favorite characters because I think she has she's and and this is like the the almost meanest way to put it, but I feel like she's really hell bent on self sacrifice uh, in a way that's like beautiful, um, because I think it's just what she's witnessed and what she's been taught, and it's not a universal bad. Like there is goodness in self-sacrifice, but I think she's taken it to such an extreme level that she does, you know, to con- continue to, to hurt herself and those around her inevitably a little bit. And I think like that's a journey that she's still on and will continue to be on for the, the rest of the uh, coming seasons. And it's not to, not to be cool. a tease about it, but it is very important that, that that part of her is, yeah, is not solved, you know? Yeah. 
when a core character trait is self-sacrifice, it's going to lead to problems. <laughs> so yeah, I hear you. Okay. Wow. There's, there's so much juicy stuff we could talk about, but this is a mini episode. So we're going to, we're going to taper it on and, um, and zoom back out to our next segment. And so our next segment, our final segment for this mini episode is, is gratitude because we always love to end with gratitude and thinking about uh, who we're grateful for. Cause we know that practicing gratitude is something that helps us cope with the world. Uh, and so that is our goal. And so my question for us, we've kind of been sneaking in different types of gratitude, but I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in on this lens. So who is the character from the dragon prince universe that you are thankful for and why in response to our conversation about this reflection, and it might be someone who's in the reflection, and it might be someone who is connected to Rayla or Callum or someone else involved here. But I'm curious if there's someone you're grateful for in response to our conversation. It's so funny because after I ask all of these questions, all of these pauses, there's so many beautiful facial expressions that the listeners just can't see like there's more I think we're both just like why don't you go first no why don't you go first yeah Uh, I'll go first and I'm gonna cheat again um she's not connected to the story or the reflection directly but I think like in terms of an exploration of love um Claudia is a really interesting example because her devotion to her family and her sort of like inability to accept negative things happening to her family on such a core level is also just such a major like flaw but also strength of hers you know it's it's beautiful I think the amount that she loves and cares for people but the things it leads her to do are suspect uh yeah and maybe we'll see more of that in the upcoming seasons I can't who can say maybe maybe not yeah I think that's just one of the things I really appreciate about this show is that just constantly is putting tension on the a, a trait that has really positive and really negative um, uh, responses or results or consequences. Like we can have these things that are just massive strengths that also happens to be our our worst weaknesses. And I just think that this show does a really good job of of showing the tension there. Um, and I'm just grateful for that too. But Michal, um, what about you? Um, you know, kind of off that, I I would maybe say Soren. Like, I think that Soren has um managed the um managed the knowing what role people should play in your life in a healthy way, eventually, um, and in under really difficult circumstances. Um, and like, while I really empathize with Claudia's like, um, challenges in that, in that area, like I, I really admire the way that Soren has kind of, you know, become someone for whom he can care deeply, deeply about other people, but their choices don't necessarily define who he is. Mm. And also wow. Ezrin, just because Ezrin is just the best. And like that end image that Kalev did with his arm around Callum, I like, it hits me in the teeth every single time I look at it. Yeah, it's a wonder that we have teeth left because like, man, it's just so good. Like it's just like, it hits you right. Oh yeah, the feels just 
definitely take a hit here. Uh, okay, so I, I've been thinking about this, and I, I was thinking about like what, how did Rayla get to be Rayla, right? And Rayla has parents that she has just have really mixed feelings about over the course of one, what we have seen in the seasons, but also her entire life, right, has had really complicated feelings for her family. But then also Runan and Athari, right, who have raised her uh, for a great deal of her life as well. And like we become who we are in relationship to who we surround ourselves with and who raise us and we're formed by the people who raise us. And in a way, I just am really grateful for Runan and Athari here for having so much impact on who Rayla has become. Like she cares so deeply for things. She is so uh, committed to her values and her ethic, her ethical framework. And I think we learn about that from who raises us and I think they really gave her an interesting foundation here to to build upon and it's just really, really interesting to see how she's playing that out so I'm I'm really grateful for them for the way that they raised her I'm I'm finding that to I'm gaining strength from her commitment to her values and so through that she must have that must have been modeled right that's that's my thought process maybe I'm wrong but it feels that way so I'm grateful for them <sighs> okay I talk too much sometimes uh here we are i'm like holding i'm holding back because i actually i think i could talk about them as parents and you know Rayla's relationship to family also as it's like a whole own episode so i'm just like oh i gotta right because we'll go off on a tangent so no i appreciate the thoughts on those characters very much maybe we'll have another opportunity we'll see (laughs) but for now uh this is nearing the end of the episode so Devin has had a chance to to share her um the way she would like to be contacted before um again primarily on twitter if i'm correctly uh Devin at Devin Gill Devin Gill yep yeah uh, but Michal, what about you? What, how would you like to be contacted if you would like to be contacted at all by someone who's curious to learn more about anything we've talked about today? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ink as Rain. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you want to find them, you can find them on their Twitter handles, but you can also find us at BND underscore pod on all the things we also have a patreon and we highly recommend you check that out lots of perks available there recommend checking that out uh but we are trying to i guess the main reason for our patreon right now is to try and have enough money to pay our producer a living wage for their time and so if you like supporting people earning money and a living wage then you can definitely help us out by doing that but both of you, I'm just so grateful for your time. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing your life energy for um, our listeners' ability to enjoy more about this little in-depth uh, little thicklet that we have available for, for Callum and Rayla that we've gotten to learn about them with. So, Life energy, but not awesome. in a dark magic way. Right. Exactly. Just checking. <laughs> yes, I'm not like, yeah, correct. I'm not soul sucking. All like, <laughs> uh, dark. We have, we have thoughts. Anyway, uh, this has been bending, not breaking. And until next time, be well and do good. <laughs>